CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. As Don and I talk about investing, finance, and retirement, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Mark, doing good here in New Jersey. It's getting back to, I guess, more normal. You know, restaurants are, <laughs> right. are allowing us to eat outdoors. Can you imagine I'm saying this like a year ago? I was saying something like this, that they're allowing us to eat outdoors. I know, right? and, uh, the, our pool club down the road is open. Beaches are open and pretty crowded, actually, over the past few weeks we've been going. And um, yeah, lots of people at the beach. No gyms, though. No indoor dining. So uh, probably, you know, it's more normal than it was a month ago, but, you know, probably a lot like it is where you are, right? Yeah. I mean, we uh, we have halted. We're one of the states that have been experiencing more uh, of an outbreak, I suppose. So he has halted any further progression. So still no gyms, uh, no movie theaters. Um, we're not going backwards, but we're not moving forwards either, I guess. So, well, it's better than going backwards. That's right? true. Right. He hasn't <laughs> can, closed. He hasn't closed bars yet, anyway. So we'll see. That that may be coming, but who knows? Well, being able to just have a nice dinner out with your spouse, your family, it mm-hmm. just puts you in a better mood. Makes you feel good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are doing it. I think it's doing a very good job at, it, at the restaurants. They're, you know, doing uh, the distancing and the trying, covers yeah. and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, they're trying. To, you know, I feel like I really want to be able to um, get out there and support them. And Right. I can't believe it. We're already coming up to July 4th this weekend. Right? Actually, yeah, so, actually, this podcast, we're going to drop this a couple of days before July 4th. So happy 4th of July to you and everybody. Absolutely. What are you guys doing 4th of July? Actually, I just tore down my deck yesterday. So we've talked about it a couple of times on the show. I finally did it. So I'm spending the next week building a deck. <laughs> that does not sound like it, fun. In July, my brother's like, could you stop <laughs> doing these projects in July in North Carolina? Really? Yeah, that's a March project. <laughs> So, uh, but I'm like, well, I teased him. I said, we'll stop taking vacation this week and I wouldn't have free help. <laughs> That's very true. There you go. So, so here's some 4th of July trivia and oh, fun okay. facts. Hit Mark, me up. Right? I love stuff like this. I mean, I'm, you know, big uh, history buff, but actually the Declaration of Independence was approved not on July 4th, mm-hmm. but on July 2nd. Okay. Okay. All here's right. a question for you. Okay. How many signers were there on the Declaration uh, of Oh, you got me. Uh, it's only 13 colonies, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is 13, right? I thought no, it was, it's actually 56. I was gonna say, I thought it was more. I was thinking 20 something for some reason, but that's not right either. So 56, yeah. huh? Wow. And most historians believe that the document, and this is pretty much well established, document was not signed on July 4th, it was not signed in full until August. Right. Think about the travel back and forth oh, to different yeah, colonies. Right. Yeah, sure. Take a while. And here's something I read today. I never knew this. One signer of the Declaration of Independence actually recanted. Yeah, really? Yep. Richard Stockton, right here in New Jersey. Oh, okay. He was captured by the British and tortured. Oh, ugh. Yeah, and recanted. But then, you know, uh, once he was freed, he reaffirmed it uh, in next year in 1777. Okay. Never knew that. That's interesting. interesting yeah, that's very interesting. Well, actually, I have an interesting one for you as well, since you like uh, little history things. I've got some July, on 4th, or, uh, July 4th information for you as well. Uh, three of our first five presidents actually died on July 4th. Go figure that. You know what? Let me guess two. Okay, sure. I think they died on the same day, actually, which was Jefferson and Adams. Uh, yeah, you got it. 
John exactly Adams, yep. 50 years to the day after the yep. July 4th. There you go. Look at that. See, you knew it anyway. And James ah. Monroe was the other one. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. And actually, Calvin Coolidge was born on the 4th of July. So there you go. There's some trivia for us. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So I think we uh, we tackled that subject. We have tackled that. So again, folks, enjoy your 4th of July. Please do so safely. Uh, so any other news since we last spoke? What's uh, What's going on? What are we talking about today? Yeah, actually, big news for for me personally. I had a cardio stress test done. Oh yeah, uh, just to be prudent. You know, I think we mentioned in the past. My mom died young of a heart attack, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we just uh, I wanted to make sure that I got that done. And um, you had mentioned in the past that that you've done this yourself yep. many times, right? Yep, many times. I'm a I'm a annual heart person. I've had bypass and a stent, so I get uh, I get the the nuclear one and the uh, cardio one, uh, usually once each year, one in the beginning, one at the end of the year. So how'd you, how'd you do? How'd you do? You enjoy it? <laughs> did you, I, did I, you I enjoyed it. it. The, the results were good. So let's that, Well, that, that means way. you enjoyed it. So if the, yeah, if I the enjoyed results, the results. Were good. that's what my doctor says to me. He always asks me that. He goes, did you enjoy that? And I go, well, no, I didn't enjoy it. He goes, are you happy that the results are good? I said, yeah. He goes, well, then you enjoyed it. Because <laughs> the, well, the other news it, would be the bad, you know, would be the bad way to go. So Yeah, that would be distressing. But, um, you know, the experience certainly was, uh, I wasn't sure what to, to actually expect now, given the environment now, right? Mm, Going to mm-hmm. doctor's offices and how controlled it is. And that is definitely different. What the yeah. protocols are. Right. But it's, it was actually, um, it wasn't bad at all. They take your temperature before you get in there and before you even get into the office, like downstairs right. in the lobby. Yep. Go upstairs. You have to wear, of course, a face covering and do all the, the, the protocols and right. uh, get the prep done and before the doctor takes the test, he does a lot of preliminary work and uh, information gathering, like uh, talking about symptoms and family history and your dieting and if you smoke, what your occupation is and different stress points in your life. It actually, was, it was very thorough, very well done. Family life and your temperament, um, and they measure your, you know, your weight and your blood pressure. So and, you know, after that, the, this, the uh, stress test is scheduled and you know, he wants to know why I'm there. What was the reason I was asking for it? I mentioned about my mom and the fact that um, I think we talked about this over the past few months that my workout has changed, Mark. Right, so I'm used to going to the gym like right, three, four yeah. times a week and done that for gosh so many years. That now my workouts changed and I feel like my body is different. I'm getting more aches and pains and things like that. So I'm thinking, let me just get this done just right. to be sure. Yeah, be on the safe side. Yeah, be on the safe side and. Uh, get through it. So as you know, they do it in e- ECG, they call it with these 12 leads kind of all hooked up to your chest in the front of your body and uh, a blood pressure monitor and this precision treadmill. And mm-hmm. um, as I mentioned, it all went well. It's a big relief, but there was a lot of anxiety going into it, really, not, like not knowing for sure right. if there was any kind of a real problem and you know what to do if there really was an issue. But you know, it got me thinking when it was done, now my head was clear, <laughs> How a a cardio stress test, you know, it's a lot like a financial stress test that we do with clients. Very much so. It is. Yes. It's one of those things where you can easily make those parallels. I mean, again, I've, I've had these many times. So when you're doing this, you can kind of look through and say, okay, how is this you know, going to affect me? How's it going to affect me down the way? And you can do that same kind of thing when you're talking about your financial plan. You know, so you're talking about people's life savings, the market, all that kind of stuff, right? Kind of factors into that. No doubt, people are worried about things like running out of money and losing exactly. their job. So Especially sure. during COVID and whatnot, sure. No, no doubt. So thinking back to the test, you know, the cardiologist uh, is surrounded by uh, competent people and 
shout out to Mammoth Cardiology here in New Jersey. Okay. Like I said, they did a great job. So they have uh, the e- ECG technician, right? mm-hmm. the person that's reading the monitor, and the nurse is constantly taking the blood pressure during the test. The office staff is there. You, you don't spend a whole lot of time with the doctor nowadays. You really don't, no. You know, as well as the tools, right? They have the ECG machine, the precision treadmill, and the blood pressure equipment. And the way it works, as you know, is the treadmill increases in speed and the incline as the technician reads the graph of the heart rate on the screen and the blood pressure levels at different intervals. And, you know, my job was basically just to hold on right to the <laughs> treadmill and trust the professionals and pray yeah, they that go, everything goes well. They go, we're going to we're gonna kick you up to the next level. You ready? That's what mine usually do. And then they raise it and then they add more stress and, you know, they, they put more speed on there and all those things. So it's interesting. So it's kind of like holding on a lot of times, Don. I do the same thing. I'm hanging on to those handles and they definitely want you to anyway while you're walking faster and faster. But it's kind of like holding on when the markets are jumping all over the place as well. It's a, it's a really close equivalent. No, exactly. You know, if I was continually looking at the graph and the the blood pressure monitor while I was running on the treadmill, I might either like fall off or quit or, you know, give myself an anxiety attack, not knowing what all these jumpy lines mean. Right. Right. So, you know, if you trust the professionals and communicate well back and forth with them and, you know, tell them what's going on, how you feel and, uh, and, and ask good questions, the results are more likely to be favorable. So, you know, in the financial world, when we stress test uh, someone's life savings to ensure that they don't run out of money, you know, just like the doctor, we gather a lot of facts about health and family experiences and you know, feelings about money, goals, uh, risk tolerance, time horizon. Yeah, really get to know and develop the true purpose for the money and, and uh, the true purpose for your life. And as time goes on, uh, certainly we need to educate folks and separate facts from fiction and just to be sure we don't panic and fall off the treadmill, so to speak. <laughs> Well, let's make that kind of, kind of transition there, Don. So what does your financial stress test look like? Well, basically, what we, we look at three main things up front. Uh, one is how much you're spending and will be spending in retirement, right? We need to factor in two big variables. One is inflation uh, and health care, particularly long-term care, because people usually cover with Medicare and a supplement or a company plan. People don't talk too much about inflation nowadays, but it's there. And all my clients that can qualify for long-term care coverage have it. So we always address that point early with clients because such a significant factor that could really tear through someone's life savings. And the second point is going through the risk inside the savings and investments. There's stock risk as well as bond risk. And people don't realize how the bond risk works. They think of stock risk, particularly about what's going on now with markets being jumpy and up and down. And there's also tax risk that many people don't think about inside of the savings. There's IRA, 401k money, non-IRA money. And uh, we've talked about this in the past. The current tax code expires after the year 2025. And, you know, many people are not aware of that. So, and for people who are still working, you can also throw in the risk of a job loss, which is, you know, certainly a significant concern uh, nowadays with what's going on. Oh, for sure. Just like the cardiologist has a team of professionals and tools to help him or her determine the risk of a heart attack and sudden death. um, We also have tools and a team that help our clients. 
No, that's awesome. And I think that's a great way of looking at it. That analogy works really well because we're, we've got a, thing, a lot of things going on between maybe you're spending less, maybe you're spending more. You know, what's going to happen with inflation? Obviously, healthcare and taxes is a great point because most everyone feels like they're going to go up at some point. Who's going to be the person to do it? Who, when? That's the big question, but more than likely that's going to go up. And, you know, that's, that's actually interesting because we talked before, we discussed earlier about lessons learned from the next stock market crash. There's a little survival guide thing we had a conversation about. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the title of uh, that title you mentioned, Survival Guide, Le- Lessons Learned for the uh, Next Stock Market Crash, it reminds me of a presentation that I went through a few years ago, Mark, in mm-hmm. 2017 called Gearing Up for the Next Crash. Okay. Right? <laughs> uh, the stock market that year was way up. And you know what? A lot of people just didn't really pay attention. No, that's very true. I mean, you know, think about 08 and 09, right? Same kind of thing. We kind of, we were worried about it, worried about it, worried about it. But as time went on, we kind of started to forget, you know, and all of a sudden here comes what happened in 2020. So people tend to think more about it right now. So let's jump into it. Let's dive in. The five rule uh, market crash survival guide. So number one, Don, always have an understanding of how much risk you're exposed to. You know, absolutely. And that's a major, major issue. It's one of the things that we look at up front. And, you know, there's different types of risk, Mm -hmm. right? We have stock uh, market risk. We have bond market risk, which is really something people I mentioned don't think too much about nowadays. Inflation risk and inflation has been tamped down over the past few years. But now if we look at the deficits and the national debt we have, you know, $25 trillion. It's hard to say with a T, right? Trillion, right? Yeah. $25, $26 trillion. And that money has to be paid back somehow, right? So it manifests often in inflation as well as all the stimulus that's going on right now. We talked about last time, remember that formula of the uh, velocity of money times mm-hmm. the supply of money equaling inflation and productivity? Right. So, you know, often when you have this much supply of money and people start spending more money, you end up with inflation. And that's definitely a risk out there. Healthcare risk is another one. We talked about long term care, but medical risk, and people are becoming more acutely aware of that now, right? This COVID environment. Right. Uh, The tax risk, uh, uh, the risk of rates being much higher in the future. And we, We've discussed this in the past. Many candidates now are talking about uh, much, much higher marginal tax rates. There are more nuanced risks like sequence of returns risk that we talk about, meaning you know, when you take the money out to spend and live off of, that has an effect on the risk of running out of money. And that's just to name a few, but being aware of these risks up front is a big deal and understanding how much risk you're exposed to. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very big deal. So that's number one. So let's do through a couple more of these. Uh, Two, protect some of your gains. And three, be sure that you're diversified appropriately. Yeah. And this really speaks to a mark to rebalancing someone's uh, portfolio, the concept of uh, of buying low and selling high systematically Mm -hmm. and not through an emotional reaction. Diversifying is is simply not putting all your eggs in one basket, right? I mean, it's something we were taught as young kids. And, you know, we talked about this last time. People are often heavily invested in what's done well recently over the past few years, like Facebook and Apple, you know, Netflix, Amazon, Google. And when a year like 2001 and two and 2008 comes around, (laughs) they really 
suffer and get hammered because they're not diversified and all the eggs are in one basket and they haven't systematically rebalanced. No, that's a great point. So that's one through three. So we've, as as I mentioned before, there's five. So here's four and five, uh, four, don't try to time the market and five, don't panic when the market drops, even if it's scary. Yeah. I mean, that's just something we've gone through now, right? Over the past three months, it's a perfect example of why that's a mistake. People who bailed out at the end of March, essentially they locked in their losses. And ironically, some of them now are trying to get back in to the market. So it's a violation of the rules of investing, right? They react emotionally and they sell low and buy high. And often this simply just happens because they don't have a trusted advisor and they don't have a really a proper, what I would call it coaching and educational experience through tough times. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we all need coaches for various walks of life. And so certainly a financial coach and an educator is very, very important. I mean, we've we've heard that saying before, you know, that an educated investor is a more confident investor. So definitely good stuff in there uh, for those five tips. Uh, anything else, Don? Yeah. I mean, speaking of the um, educated investors, it reminds me of with the drops in the market starting in March, there was a, a change that we discussed in the in the IRA rules that waived this required minimum distribution Mm -hmm, for all of this year as part of this uh, CARES Act, they call it. And some people actually took some or all of their uh, distribution for their required IRA distribution in January, February, or March, right? So, you know, some people want to be first in the class, right? January, I'm taking my required distribution just to get it over with. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just last week, the IRS announced that you can actually put the money back into your IRA oh, wow. that you took out as a part of this required distribution uh, by August 31st. So for people who you know have they have systematic withdrawals during the course of the year and they took it out early, they could put it back. And this lowers your taxable income for the year, of course, by doing that. And it also mark it opens the door for uh, more Roth IRA conversions. And we can't forget the benefits of the Roth IRA. The money is tax-free for you and your beneficiaries. And to boot, there's no required minimum distribution for you. And now with this Another law change, Mark, they are always tinkering with these IRA laws. <laughs> As of uh, several months ago, there's no required minimum distribution rules for your beneficiaries yep. for someone who passes away after January 1st of this year. So very powerful. We can get more money in that tax-free bucket tax-free for you, tax-free for your beneficiaries. That's good stuff for sure. And like anything, you always want to double-check these this information with your advisor. Uh, give Don a call if you've got some questions or concerns. If you need a financial stress test, that was really kind of the gist of our conversation uh, from him having an actual stress test to doing a financial one. So reach out to him if you have questions, folks, at 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. Don't forget to go to donaldcash.com. 
Uh, while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can check out other shows we've done. There's a lot of good tools, tips, and resources, again, at donaldcash.com. And uh, we're going to wrap up the show this week. But before we do, let's do a little fun getting to know you. Well, we'll see if it's fun. Uh, if you were going to own a different business, that's my question for you this week. What kind of business would it be, Don? Ooh, good question. That's something that's bounced around my mind over the years. You okay. know, in the past, you know what? In the past, I thought it would be fun to own a restaurant, but not, any, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, I always enjoy those business and, uh, and home renovation shows on cable TV, like Shark Tank and Restaurant Impossible. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But after this experience, the restaurant business, I think it's out of the picture. Okay. Uh, can you imagine? I have a friend that owns five restaurants. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't imagine the stress of you know having to pay all those bills and and uh, now they're you know pulling the plug on opening uh, the the restaurants indoors. They were supposed to do that uh, next Thursday or this Thursday, so that must be just incredibly stressful. But I think it would be it would be nice to own some type of a, a business consulting or maybe a consulting practice, uh, something where I could help people from my own life experience. Yeah, I think that would be kind of a a cool business tone. Well, if you think about today's shows, it's kind of really what you do. I mean, in a lot of ways you do that. We shared your experience of going to the doctor and then kind of parlayed that into a, a financial experience. So in a way you're kind of fulfilling that as well. So look at that. I'm where I need to be then. There you where you need to be. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week, folks. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'd certainly appreciate it on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you choose. And we're going to let you get out of here and have a wonderful 4th of July. Don, my friend, stay safe, stay sane, and have a good Independence Day. You too. Happy Independence Day to all. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.